0: This evening's Dharma Talk is titled, Chicken Tacos. Uh, First you get a chicken, (laughs) then you get a taco, and then you put them aside and you go meditate. And a recipe. Is that a recipe? It's an ingredient. So this uh, story behind the chicken tacos is every time you use the voice to text, at least every time I do, and I try to say, or I do say, chicken taza, chicken taza, voice to text thinks I said chicken tacos. (laughs) And and who was it? Someone else has the same experience. So I thought, well, perhaps I should title the Dharma talk that. You know, I don't want to correct anyone. So let's talk about shikantaza. Shikantaza, Japanese words for just precisely this, as it is, nothing else, just this, just this. And this is what we're uh, practicing when we when we come in and sit down and practice sitting meditation. Sit down, hold still, just precisely this. So whatever is happening at that time, even though it may contrast with what happened the last several hundred times that you meditated, it's still just this. It's not separate. It's necessary, it seems, for things to come and go and show up this color, that color, this texture, that texture, high, low, large, small, and all these different um, combinations of uh, the relative nature of things uh, for us to uh, eventually begin to see that all we really have to do is be very direct, very precise and just watch how the phenomena that appear to be separate uh, show up this way and that way. It's almost like someone or something or some device or some mechanism or some aspect of our world is trying to pull us in this way, pull us in that way, trying to seduce us into going that way or scare us into going this way or bore us into shutting down, almost something. So the emphasis having, uh, in this case, of this person having tried and practiced quite a number of different kinds of meditation, and actually over long periods of time, not just check it out for three days and go back to something else, but actually having done practices over long periods of time that uh, are the contrast with each other. Some of creation completion practices, sometimes called deity yoga, where you create a deity with all of her, his, their uh, paraphernalia and accoutrement, and work with that situation by visualizing, chanting a mantra, and then at some uh, point towards the end of the creation session, uh, actually dissolving all of that uh, back into oneself, into one's heart, or however the instruction goes. And then resting in the space that is left over by bringing all that material back in. It's just a way of emphasizing, filling up the space, and emphasizing... Uh, does, uh, bringing everything out of the space and dissolving it. And noticing that the space is still same thing. So what we're doing here, I like to say it this way, and until I think of a better way to say it, is um, try to keep it, everything as simple as possible so we can watch the complications of the mind. Simplify everything as much as we can so that we can see the way the the paranoid mind, the seductive mind, uh, the, um, the lusting mind, uh, the creative mind, and uh, the confused, uh, uh, frightened mind is uh, continues to scatter its energy into all kinds of different directions. And so observing that over a period of time without doing anything with it, without stopping it, without um, supporting it, and without turning away or ignoring it, we begin to see the way in which the mind actually functions. It, we, you won't, may not see it the way in which it functions so that you can actually tell somebody about it. Oh, I finally see the way the mind functions. Let me, let me describe it to you. It's not exactly like that. It might uh, The understanding might uh, appear more like the a fragrance of something or the taste of something. No way you can put that into words you just you just you know what it is and you know it yourself and and you also uh, may see that others around you may not be so clear about that and if you were to encourage them based on your own understanding, you might say just keep going, just keep keep practicing um, th- th- This was understood in such a way by uh, say Ch probably other teachers but trunk forimpoja the Dorje Dradlamakpo, David um, Vidyadhara, the Vajracharya, and all the other names he's been given. Um, one of the ways that he worked with his students was to train his teachers in such a way that they wouldn't interfere with anyone, that they would just encourage them. So as a meditation instructor, I was trained in 1978 by Chung uh, Phu and by uh, Lojo Dorje. Uh, His head of practice, I don't know what Lojo is doing these days, he's probably around somewhere. And was trained to, anytime anybody had a problem with something, uh, if you really understood it, it was okay to talk to them about that, if you had some experience. But if you you didn't, the thing you always said to someone, just standard thing is, just continue to sit. Just keep taking, take that, take that back to your sitting rather than give anybody any kind of an answer about. That was noticeable, highly noticeable. Uh, and it's interesting. I don't, I don't know if the Viyahara knew this, but it's interesting that the way a lot of people took that is the person probably knew, but they weren't going to tell you. So you So this way you would kind of impute the person who's teaching you, one of Trump RJ's advanced students, to a higher state than he or she or they were actually in. They weren't probably weren't any more clear about it than you were. But since they were trained to not meddle, this seemed to work as a, maybe not a direct teaching device, but at least not getting in the way of the person's own, uh, each individual's uh, journey on the path. As time went on, as it got uh, into the 80s, uh, 8, 10, Years after Rinpoche had been here, and you had people who had been meditating for a long period of time, people started to get more and more uh, meddlesome. People that teaching people uh, got less and less, giving every sending everything uphill. Send, "You know, you're going to have to talk to Rinpoche about that. Have to talk to Rinpoche about that. I can't answer that question." Instead, people began to start actually responding, and not saying that some of it wasn't helpful. Maybe. So chicken tacos. Chicken enchiladas are really good if you can find somebody who knows how to make them.. Yes. Um, sometimes chicken tacos is translated as just precisely this and sometimes just sitting or those pointing at two different things. No, I think it's just another. excuse me, even sazan is just very similar. Um, resting in tranquility, calm abiding. Um just trying to simplify the whole situation of sitting there and those are all very similar and are all very similar to more advanced uh, teachings, uh, awareness practices of Dzogchen Mahamudra which start out with creation practices and different ways of working with concepts and ideas and slowly brings us to the point where you don't have any more reference points in particular other than the space in which things occur. You? What is meant by precisely? What does precisely look like? That's a good one. I think it's, a, I don't know what the Japanese the kanji character is for the precisely part. But I think it's, it's to help you, help the, the ego, the self-centered uh, mind, the ego mind, uh, vacillating, ruminating, analyzing, uh, nosy part of the mind. Uh, help it to, to, to settle that. Is this just precisely this? Then it gives that mind something to do. Okay, precisely. Precisely. And then we, we bring our mind to that. Like you're asking the question. You probably have been sitting on the cushion and thought about that before yes. and, and, and then looked at the precision or lack of precision that's happening. Are you, are you precisely just looking at the wall? Are you precisely, is it just hearing? It's Precisely. It's, it's like saying nothing extra, nothing added on, just, <clears throat> just precisely this, just this. More? Is there anything to do with the lack of precision that we see? I would say that just, just by using the word precisely would... We would see some contrast. We would see that there's a lack of precision happening. But rather than go at that by trying to correct that and tighten it up, just observe. So just precisely this. It could be just precisely confusion. It could be just precisely a lack of, pers- of precision. So I mean, there's a, there's lots of ways of using that word. When it comes to consciousness, it's very difficult to build any kind of a container around anything. Consciousness is so incredibly vast and wide. Maha Vipassana, Vipassana Panoramic Awareness, Maha Great Panoramic Awareness. It's like having eyes in the back of your head, or like a 360 degree awareness all the time, no, no specificity about it, just precisely this. Yeah. It almost seems that precisely could be pointing at the focus point in front of you, mm-hmm. which would be ignoring the 360. So yes. including the 360 <clears throat> precise? I think it's a matter of practice. You might have to start out with the ignoring part. But if it's just precisely, then then that same precision is going to start to to expand, uh, if unless it's reacting to some kind of grasping passion or some kind of... Uh, uh, some kind of uh, rejecting or paranoia or fear, hope and fear, hope, hope and fear. So, and that that will come, if, you're, if there's precision happening, then we begin to see, uh, see a little bit bigger picture. We see shadows off to one side. We see something else moving over here. Do nothing with it. And eventually everything gets included. There doesn't need to be necessarily an includer. But if by not rejecting, accepting, looking away, you know, we've, the, the, the awareness is already the case. It already is panoramic. It already is without walls of the mind. It's just that we, the walls are put up in the open space to protect the apparent or the imputed self-centeredness, the sudden consciousness as it's described in Yogacara. Chicken tamales? Do they make those? <laughs> Go ahead. How um, can you see just? Well, how can you know if you're seeing just precisely this without adding that? So you may add for a while, but that, that's why we have to sit a lot. That's why you can't just sit. When I say you can't, of course, you can do whatever you want, but. Uh, if you want to go deeply into this, it seems to be necessary to really do a lot of extended sitting practice. We don't know how long we've been camouflaging and, and covering up and and burying things that are uncomfortable, trying to get to a good feeling. Most human beings are trying to feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that it, it, it's a misunderstanding of what the existential... Um, um, situation that we actually are in, of the actual, actual situation that we're in, of uh, which is the Buddha talked about, yeah, impermanent uh, state of suffering or discontent, that's why the grasping and the rejection, the hope and fear, and that there's no solid self saying, that's doing all that. There's a grasping quality to it that, that tends to localize around uh, um, a uh, an organism, a person. It happens with a happens with a um, a dog or a cat or a monkey. They have their own form of that self-centered protection situation. We're at the point because of our understanding and our intelligence, our sophistication, if you want to call it that. That there's the opportunity to step beyond us in, into an ultimate understanding, rather than just be constantly submerged by the circularity that is called. Uh, materialism. Will you know if you're in, in meditation, if you're just sitting just this without adding? Probably not. Because if you, anytime you know anything, everything comes down to just the knowing that. And it, and it reinforces the the dualistic situation that we're uh, addicted to. So some kind of actual credential or knowing uh, is is extra and actually causes one to go in maybe a higher level of circle, but it's still circular, coming and going. And you, you have to kind of maintain it by continuing to lecture yourself about it or... It's like a whole, uh, excuse me, the whole power of positive thinking th- situation of, you know, constantly, you know, I'm really a good person. And, and I, you know, all of the, the kind of almost silly kind of things that, that we would do to try to create a really strong, healthy image, a healthy self-image, which just used in psychology still, even though it's a, it's a misunderstanding. Not wrong so much as it's just a misunderstanding of what of, of, of this, of, the, of what we find ourselves in. Yes. Uh, John in North Carolina asks, "Is shikantaza desirelessness?" Well, not necessarily. Shikantaza is saying just precisely this. So it might you might be looking at desire. You might be looking at, at less desire. You might be looking at passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear. Shikantaza is just precisely this. So whatever that is, that's just precisely that. Uh, desirelessness or, or dispassion is uh, it would be uh, closer to some kind of a fruition. So the dispassion or desirelessness that's sometimes referred to, it doesn't, doesn't mean that's gone. But it's very difficult to teach that or talk about that because you have to teach the awareness of it so that someone can discover it for themselves instead of try to act it out like, like a, a script in a play. So we don't want to teach it. We kind of teach it kind of uh, backwards. But the discovery will be, I'll let you in on that, you know, it's like reading the last page of a novel. Uh, there isn't anyone. There's no solid being, so the passion, aggression, and ignorance can still function because it's just part of dependent origination. What we're adding into it that is unnecessary is that there's someone, a singularity, that as soon as you add that singularity in because of the incredible creativity of this world of consciousness that we're all in, this causes that, causes that, this happens, and that happens, and this happens, and then it happens, and, that, and if there's nothing happening, then nothing else gets produced. So, dispassion is not a matter of having no passion. It means that there's just not a being who is requiring this, uh, more of this or less of that. There might be more, there might be less. One might have a a preference, but it's not based on self-centeredness particularly. And if it is uh, self-centeredness does tend to arise in that area, which it could, Uh, we see that it's unreal, so therefore we give it no, it gets no uh, uh, stamp of approval, it it gets no stamp of disapproval. If you see something really clearly, you don't have to do anything with it. Good question. off topic but with what you uh, said to, I think, John's question, a line from Sandokai came up. I think it's, uh, encountering the absolute is not yet enlightenment. What is it to encounter the absolute? There's no encounter. What's being addressed there is to encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment, because you can, you can encounter uh, a conceptual understanding of the absolute, but that's not the absolute. The absolute, you're not separate from the absolute. So you can't really encounter something you're not separate from. So that's just merely pointing out that very high level of perception about the capital A, about the absolute, can feel pretty fluffy. It can feel quite, it could It could even show up. The way that's been handled in the Zen tradition is to say, uh Kencho. Or insight into your fundamental nature. If there's, if there's, if you actually see your fundamental nature, it's not insight. It's not separate. The, the insight is a much lower level of thinking. When I say lower, I'm just using that as some way of talking about it. They're really, the levels are all gone at that point. Not even a point. You, you, you get no credential. You don't. You don't even know that there's any difference in you and anyone else until you talk to somebody who's confused. Everyone. It's like <laughs> Suzuki Roshi said, said it back in the late '60s. He says everywhere he looks, he sees the Buddha until somebody opens their mouth. I think I'm paraphrasing him, but it's something close to that. Which means that he, everything is just the enlightened one. Just everything is completely awake. And then when we begin to talk, we show the way in which we're kind of covering that awakening up. How do we keep going when it looks like there's nowhere else to go? So that's a good uh, question, and that's why uh, I titled this Chicken Tacos. Just be where you're at. There's nothing. When there's nowhere else to go. That's that's not such a bad state to be in. Don't have to do much with it. Have a taco. <laughs> have a chicken taco. So the idea. I don't mean to, to make light of that. I'm just saying when there's nowhere else to go. There's something about that is a is powerful. Uh, there still could be a self-centeredness that's concerned about some kind of a dead end or some kind of a a pathless path, and it can be. The self-centeredness that can be a, a bummer, and and that's why we have the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. And the Buddha, so use some of that. Use the teaching, if you need to go and read a few lines out of a particular book that's inspiring to you to to help you uh, uh, not go into too much negativity and give yourself a hard time. Talk to fellow uh, Dharma brothers and sisters. You're in. You're living in a monastery, so. You're going to have probably, um, on some level, more of that because you meditate, practice a lot more than people who don't live in a monastery, and uh, and it's going to be more workable because you're you're not around you're around people who are really sincere about this path, and you're around people who don't do too much t- spend too much time uh, in pretension, or argument, discussion. Yes, yeah, some discussion, but argument is. Uh, it's not that that's. We should throw that out. That may arise on occasion. So the situation that you're describing there, it's matter. Just keep going. It's just how it looks. Some particular part of the path is going to look that way, and then you'll notice nothing lasts if you do nothing with that. If you don't try to fix it, correct it, fill it in, you know, chant your way out of it, or anything, but you just you just. Just do that. Then that's then you have the opportunity to see there isn't any solid being experiencing that. It's just the experience that there's no one experiencing that. Difficult to say. Difficult to point to that uh, conceptually, like I am endeavoring to do, without actually creating more circles. Go ahead. What does it mean to keep going? Well, let me let me do it this way. What does it mean to stop? I mean, if you were to leave the monastery, in, in your situation, it would be different for each person. Someone living in Montreal, for them just to stop practicing, stop studying. Uh, leave If they have a teacher, leave the teacher, leave the sangha. Get, use a, uh, some kind of irritation with somebody in the sangha, some kind of reason to leave. Sometimes even irritation with the teacher, reason to leave. Uh, it's a, it's, I think it's just a variable just keep going anyway it's your practice uh, you, you know about the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha excuse me it's your it's your practice you use, use those three jewels um, do some kind of practice uh, um, take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha over and over again do prostrations do uh, practice, uh, take the sevenfold Mahayana Puja, which you've all heard about, and I've talked about it a little bit. And maybe you don't have to do all seven of those, but you could pick out a few and try to do those and use those forms to, to bring you back to square one, because it's in the material, uh, material world of, of grasping this and grasping that, and all the communication we have, and most of the people we meet, unless they're in the monastery or in, the, in, the, in our Sangha are people who are completely wrapped up in their opinions of ideas of right and wrong and they you can just watch them suffer right in front of you at the same time they're saying yeah i feel fine i'm great life is great life is good you know and yet you can you can see it on their face they're not particularly happy but they're quite ready to get out of their happiness and tell you what you should do with your life correct you. Shoto. Seems like when I look at the teaching of to keep going, it seems to have some kind of a kind of conceptual uh, conflict with meaning my situation where, I, where I'm at. So how can I keep going without trying to leave where I'm at? Take all the ideas you've just put forward there and say the, and say the opposite. Just say the opposite of what you just said. Please. I can't remember what I (laughs) said. You know what that's called? Bad memory. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what you said either, but I don't need to. I'm the teacher. So, but you see what I'm trying to, what I'm endeavoring to point out by that is by saying you actually took several steps right up into some kind of a conceptual uh, attic, you know, and you invited me to come up and explain it to you, in a sense. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, you know, well, then uh, say just the opposite of that, which would take you right back down out of the attic. If you understood your question, you would act, be able to unask that by going the other way. And you would see that it's relative. It's sound, we we're so convinced of our own smarts. We're just, and, they, and we are smart. We're very smart. Especially you guys. But, but it, it, it works, it's relative. It's a relative situation. And we're talking about a spiritual path that transcends relative truth. Relative truth, Samriti um, Satya, is the fancy word for relative truth. And relative truth is uh, partly true. It's a little bit true, but it's not completely true. Paramartha Satya is completely true. It's so true it doesn't have an opposite. Because it even includes the relative part. It's not the opposite of the relative. (coughs) So that might be something you could experiment with. uh, you, You know, you could use a question, but make it very simple so you can go the other way. And just go into it and then see if you can use the same concepts to go right back out of it again. Go ahead. you read your question, please? How can we ask a question that doesn't invite you to go into that conceptual place? So it's not so much a matter of not doing something or doing something. It's a matter of being aware. It's, it's awareness of going in and out of that. Uh, you, you know, you can, this is not a compliment, but you can think circles around me. And and you do already. I watch you do it every time you ask a question. Sounds circular. Much more elaborate kind of circle than I'm able to create. <laughs> Go ahead. Why does it look clear when I ask it? Huh? Why does it look clear to me when I ask it? Thank you very much. That's... That's a really, really incredible statement for you to make, my friend. We are friends, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it looks... The the illusion of clarity is really powerful. I've already given you a Dharma name, though, haven't I? I just think I have another one for you there. I probably won't do that. That's a good... uh, why does it look so clear? How, how help me with this? How would you? What do you think? How? Why does it look so clear when you're saying it, and then, then when I get a, a kind of look on my face, it doesn't look as clear. Like when you when I asked the one question, he asked me to ask it backwards. Yeah, I had a really good grasp on what that question was, and then I tried to think of it again it so. Yeah, that's that's, that's called uh, uh, pariculata. That's the, the of the three natures, dependent origination. Uh, dependently, everything is dependently arisen, and then there's the parikalpita, uh, is that we add things on to what is dependently arisen, and then to see deeply into that situation is paranishpana or the ultimate nature, the the actual truth that you're not separate from, and it's like not seeing anything because you're not separate from it. So even though I may, you may watch me, uh, observe me, be come, go in and out of confusion, or be confused or not confused. You don't actually see a confused person. You might see confusion, but you don't see a confused person. So don't run away from the confusion by trying to be clear. Be confused. Ask the conf- question out of the confusion. You know what we were talking about? Yeah. Go ahead. We weren't talking about you, we were talking about uh, zebra in Africa. Go ahead. That's the one with the zebra steps on the bamboo. Oh, like centuries <laughs> joke. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how that works. Yeah. Thanks for not correcting me. <laughs> Go ahead. I seem to find myself doing the opposite of that and trying to run away from what looks like clarity because it looks suspicious or skeptical. Yeah. It's kind of like a. I don't particularly teach koans, but that's kind of like a koan for you. You could actually work with that back and forth and see if you can see if you can go forward and backwards in that area, and that will probably show up lots of uh, things uh, conceptually that you may have been kind of avoiding or moving around or thinking yourself past. But I would do it really simply. I wouldn't have more than <clears throat> a couple of ideas at once, rather than. If this is true, that's true, and if that's true, then how about this? What happens when this happened? Why don't you think that way? Or why don't I think? Or why do I say it this way? <laughs> that would be a good one. Why do I talk the way I do? <laughs> Junchu could probably help you with that. <laughs> Can you <help> him? No. She <laughs> can't. Yeah, I spoke too soon to get help. in? Uh, Kozan in Travis City has. Yes, Kozan. She asks, how is Shikantaza different than other forms of meditation like Vipassana? So, you know, v- Vipassana is, uh, and this is not something I've practiced for years, but it's Vipassana is uh, eyes closed, so you're looking more towards, uh, you're doing some scanning, you're doing, and there are other techniques that, uh, that may be taught that I am not don't know anything about, but it's more about trying to stabilize or create a stable mind. Try, trying to do that, and the people who practice vipassana can write to me and correct me if they want. And they probably would be uh, correct. Uh, but it's uh, uh, Shikataza is just about receiving whatever happens, whereas uh, other forms of meditation, like mindfulness practice, even uh, uh, shine or calm abiding or resting in tranquility, is trying to be tranquil. And just all of the obstacles and antidotes are like trying to manipulate the mind to get it to function in a certain way. And you could justify that and say, well, you've got to be able to settle down before you can see wisdom. I don't think so. If that was the case, I'd still be a truck driver. That's three lifetimes ago. You don't have to be something else. You have to be who you are. The way it looks, you have to be who you are with, with the, the confusion, with the unstable mind, right next to the person whose mind seems to be very stable. Talking to someone else who seems to be very crazy. Talking to someone else who seems to be very sane. Seems, 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 seems. A lot of stitchery there. Is that a joke? Andrew? What if we can't find who we are? It doesn't matter. Just a matter of sitting down, holding still, watch what moves. You may find something, you may not. So when I say find out who you are, uh, there really really isn't, to give you a little uh, heads up here, there really isn't anyone to find. But we have to say it that way so that you'll you'll begin to look. You know, if someone really has intense feelings about this or is having a lot of difficulty, I, I might say, not always, but I might say, see if you can see the, the person or the one. See if you can find out who's actually having this, who's experiencing this. And don't, don't worry so much about trying to get rid of the negative feeling or trying to meditate yourself into peacefulness. But try to... Seems to be a, a case of mistaken identity. We actually think there's actually someone who can be harmed or helped. Pardon me. So that, so you may find something. You may not. If you find something, come and tell me about it. Really? Further questions? A little time left. Kiyun. What does Shikantaza find? Pardon me? What does Shikantaza find? Not much. It uh, usually finds the. Uh, just see. Just Shikantaza just finding what's coming and going, coming and going, coming. finds impermanence. Uh, it finds. Uh, can't find a self. So it finds no self, which is another way of saying. Uh, not much. It finds suffering. And you actually find that your that the suffering is not the issue. It, the suffering is just it's just something that's part of being alive. It's uh, the, the difficulty of nerve endings. So there's going to be difficulty. It's the extra stuff which is sometimes called one is called pain, the pain of pain, the pain of the composite, the pain of conditioned existence, the pain of alternation, and then there's the the extra stuff that comes in that's that is fighting with all that stuff and, and actually making things worse. Because we want this, we don't get it, so we suffer. We don't want that, we get it, so we suffer. We want money, we don't get it, we suffer. We don't want cancer, we get it, we suffer. It just, it's just a constant uh, relative situation happening. So the idea with that to be more direct in the response, is uh, it finds What is. I thought you might like a more fancy answer. <clears throat> it just f fi- Shikantaza finds what is at any given time. And the ultimate finding of Shikantaza is not just what is, but that what is is not separate from anything else. So it finds no separation, it finds dependent origination. And what is interesting it's included in the dependent origination is also all the confusion. That doesn't go either. That's part of the whole thing. So therefore, you don't have to clean up your act. Does Taza clean up our act? No. There is nobody. There is no act. And everything's already pure. Threefold purity. It's just a fancy way of saying it's perfect like it is it doesn't mean there isn't suffering it doesn't mean there isn't difficulty or confusion or warfare or all the other things that are going on but that's because uh, because of uh, it's not it's not understood but if you understand then you realize you give all of that the benefit of the doubt you allow things to be what they are rather than making some kind of personal demand about it so you have to bring your awareness to it not just your Uh, Your agenda about doing good or being helpful or something like that. Be, be, I'm saying you shouldn't do that. But lead with your awareness so that you don't get wound up in some kind of a uh, ideology about the the nature of the world, about who's right, who's wrong, about uh, once a Democrat, always a Democrat. You know, just it's not that you know that whole idea, that identity thing. It actually stops us from looking and seeing what is fundamentally true. I don't mean to get into politics. That's not a, not a workable place for me to do this. But like you and I were talking about uh, the, the plight of animals, you know, just to, to be look at it, it's a horrible situation, but how, how can we really help? I'm not saying we couldn't possibly go out and try to do something, but we need to help from this point of view, from here. Here. We need to help from here and not go, go and march on somebody who's mistreating animals. They're just so extensive. I mean, you, you, you'd go through 15 pairs of shoes just marching and still not fundamentally. It would just be about at least I'm doing something. Be very careful of that little voice. So at, least I'm, at least I'm, just like some little voices are saying, uh, people who are doing what we're doing are just turning into veg- vegetables and are ignoring the world. If you're sitting looking at the wall, you're not ignoring anything. You're you're probably, no guarantee, but you're probably in a better position to function out of your awareness on any given situation, to fundamentally relieve the suffering of others, including owls and chickens. <coughs> I always like the, the William Burroughs, the, the kind of beatnik author of the last century. Uh, it was actually part of the Naropa community and uh, 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 Allen Ginsberg's uh, um, Jack Kerouac School of Disembodied Poetics, which was happening there back when I attended Naropa, or it started soon afterwards. And uh, he wrote a book called uh, uh, Naked Lunch, and part of the I don't know, anyone, anyone read that? Naked Lunch? Yeah. So Naked Lunch, uh, there's a line in there that says uh, something about it. It's, it's uh, a time when everyone finally sees what's on the end of every fork. So, remember that line out there? Naked Lunch? Did you read Nova Express also? Yeah. No? Me either. <laughs> Any other for questions, Michelle? Did you see the movie *Make uh, It Lunch*? Yes. Yeah, that's a strange movie. Quite a bit different from the book, but it was so atmospheric. It was pretty strange, kind of surreal. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Further questions? Further answers? Okay, thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit. The Happy 30th birthday Jason. And dedicate the merit of, uh, in the back of a red champa.
1: Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Jason. May our merit be and places it's so that we and every sentient
0: being together can realize who way the ten right direction right. O Buddhism and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us.
1: Please come down
0: out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with life.